Thank you for listening to the Manage Smarter Podcast. Your hosts, C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong, navigate new ways to hire, develop, and retain talent, helping your team soar to higher performance. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Manage Smarter Podcast. We are so pleased you are here. I am Audrey Strong, the Director of Communications for SalesFuel. And I'm Celie Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel. Okay, we know who's here, but I just got to say the East Coast is represented in the house today, right? What up? What up? She's here, Jennifer Gluckow. And for those of you who don't know about her, I'm going to rattle off a bunch of stuff because she's amazeballs. She is the co-host of the Sell or Die podcast, founder of Sales in a New York Minute. She's the author of two books, Jen's Top 10 for Sales Zen, and the author of 57 Varieties of the Best Networking Opportunities. She is a trainer and a coach and knows all about sales teams and a speaker. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. It is my pleasure. I am super glad to be here. Oh my gosh. Well, we want to talk about, uh, you've been hired as a new sales manager. Jennifer's career has taken some very interesting turns and she has a lot to teach us and share with us. You know, the thing about Jennifer, she's accomplished so much in such a short period of time yep. in her young career. And Jen, I understand that when you were first starting out that, you know, you took over a management role at a young age. And, you know, I think with that comes uh, some challenges that an older, more veteran manager may not have to experience. And I just wanted to dive into that a little bit for our audience then so that we have any new managers out there, or if we have leadership basically that's thinking about putting somebody young into a management position, you know, what are really some of the things that you experienced and how did you overcome those? First of all, I should hang around you guys all day because you just paid me the nicest compliment. So thank you. <laughs> well deserved. <laughs> this has been awesome so far. I love being here. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, Jen. <laughs> oh man, high expectations for your audience. Okay, so I was in my 20s and at my first real job after college. And I started out as actually the executive assistant to the CEO. I joined a company where I wanted to grow. Quickly was doing sales as 20% of my job. Realized I was selling more than a lot of the people on the sales team. And the head of sales said, uh, you're only doing this like 20% of your day. You need to come on over to sales. Moved into the sales role, very natural for me, had always sold stuff. And then eventually, a year or two later, moved into a management role. And what I realized later on is oftentimes the best salesperson becomes the manager, which the skills are totally different. They don't transfer. Okay? <laughs> if you're good at talking to people and going out there and closing deals, that does not automatically make you an amazing manager. That's a totally different skill set. Yes, the communication is important and the ability to relate to people, but now you need to encourage people and motivate people and inspire people and educate people and create a cohesive team. And that's totally different when you're out there on your own selling. Mm -hmm. And so I was thrown into the fire. I'm sure a lot of sales managers have been there where they were also the top sales dog and or one of the top and then thrown into the fire. And I realized that there were a few things I would need to do to learn the right skills. So I read books. I bought and read as many books as I can on becoming the best sales manager because I didn't want to just become an okay manager. I wanted to be the best. If it were today, I would have bought a course online, like an online training course on management. But back then, there really weren't 
that many online training wasn't that big of a deal as it is today. We did CD-ROMs. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> Subscribe. Exactly. Or yeah. even I would have listened to your podcast because I would have gotten so many great tips from your show, but that also didn't exist. So I had to figure out through just trial and error and reading what I could do. And so the other thing I did was I sat down and I took my best bosses in the past and I made a list of the things that they did that I really liked that helped me be successful. And then I thought about my ever have not such a not such a good boss. There you go. Oh no, that's <laughs> never happened. <laughs> so I then thought about also I made another list on a separate page of my not such good bosses. And mm -hmm. I had had jobs all throughout college. So I had I had had a bunch of bosses and uh, the summers and stuff like that. And I made a list of the things I never wanted to do. And it's interesting because I learned just as much, if not more, from the bad bosses mm -hmm. as I did from the great bosses. So I have both of them to thank, really. And I'll give you an example. So I was selling Cutco knives in high school. Have you ever used a Cutco knife? Yes. Okay, I don't think so. Wow. They are the best knives Sorry. on the planet. I will still say that to this day. Oh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I got to check it out. Yeah. And I was selling, I was going door to door, getting referrals from friends and family and selling these eight piece lock sets and scissors that cut your chicken and all sorts of things in the kitchen. And after each sales call, my manager said, I want you to call me and tell me how you did. Well, it was easy to call him when I won. Right. Mm -hmm. I got the sale. I sold not just a few knives, but I sold the whole eight piece block set. That's like the extra commission. That's what you're really going for. You know, plus the eight steak knives and the this and that. That's a fun phone call. But when you don't win the sale or you don't get referrals after you make the pitch, because we were trained to ask for referrals. That's not such a fun phone call. So I'd have to sit in my car, take a deep breath, think oh, I have to call Dave but I don't even want to admit that I didn't get the sale. So now I have to not just admit it to myself. I have to admit this to someone else who I want them to think highly of me. And I would call Dave and we would get on the phone and it didn't matter if I won or lost. His attitude was completely the same. And so what I learned from that was it is so important to reset your own mindset after the sale, whether you win or lose. And as a manager, it's critical to help your people reset their mindset. Mm. And so when I first started coaching people and I created a team of reps that went to schools to sell our products, and then I also created an inside sales team. And in the past at this company, the inside sales team didn't work. And I said, I want to take another stab at it and try it differently. And one of the things I did was after their calls, they would check in. And we would use technology so that they could check in with me and. I could do that exact same thing because if you lose the sale and that attitude and that negative mindset lingers, you're going to keep losing sales. It's going to be a domino effect. And so I realized it was part of my role to quickly turn that around. So that's just like one example of taking something I learned from the good sales managers out there and, and their techniques and just rolling with it. I was one of the youngest managers in the industry I was in. I started off in the newspaper industry, oddly enough. And What's for the newspaper? role that I had, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> so 
So yeah, look it up at Google it. Okay, Google I'll Google what a image. I'll Google image. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I, I shouldn't say that because it's like there are a lot of great newspapers out there still, and we have them as clients. So thank you, clients. We love you. Uh, but <laughs> but nonetheless, even those newspapers are realizing that their future is all in digital, and mm-hmm. it's like, and so they realize that their value is in content, not in printed words on a page. But anyway, that being said, I was one of the youngest managers, you know, for, for the role that I had in the entire country. And I will have to say, though, that uh, one of my struggles was is that trying to develop and command respect from those people who were twice my age. Did you have any, any challenges oh. with that in, in your role, Jen? There are so many people out there who seem nice and friendly, and they're totally judging your age. And it is so ridiculous because you may be smarter than they are. You may, you may not be. But young people know more than you think. And yeah, mm-hmm. I thought I knew more than I actually knew, of mm-hmm. course. But I could tell when someone was judging my age, right? And I had to manage people. I was in my 20s. I had to manage people who were in their 50s and 60s and get their res- and earn. That was key. Earn their respect. Mm-hmm. And part of the way I did that was I wasn't just coming in as a manager. I was coming in as someone who did their job, who held the bag, and was successful at it. And now my job, is the way I saw it, was to coach them. Uh, not manage them per se, but coach them on exactly how I did it and how they could do it and win too. And the way I looked at it was always putting it in terms of them. Why mm. are you here? And we had um, a product that we sold to schools that actually helped kids. They helped kids read and learn math. And so a lot of the salespeople were former educators and they, their passion was educating children. So I put it in terms of them what is this job about to you? And some people said, I want to make a lot of money. Some people said, I was in a classroom where I helped 23 kids. I want to be able to help 23,000 kids. And then we would figure out how to make that their goal based on help rather than sell. So it sounds like um, you were good at being a little bit delicate in the ones that might be entrenched or dug in and look, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to learn anything new, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's people who say, well, what can you teach me? You're only however old, you know, and if you're young and you, you have to earn respect and you have to do that through your words and through your actions. And so a lot of young people don't want to pick up the phone and because that's how they communicate is on text. But what you have to think about is who are you communicating with and what's their preferred way? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not about Who's you. the audience. Right. Sometimes it's a newspaper. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not about you. <laughs> and You're, oh, go ahead. It's, no, I was just going to say it's delicate. It's, you really have to take a moment and don't get offended. Like, there's a lot of people on the same thing with male and female. I'm a girl and people treat me differently. No, like it doesn't matter if you're young or you're old or you're girl or guy, like just earn people's respects through your words and your actions. And so one of the other things I was talking to Lee about before you rang into the Zoom room here is I think one of the other mistakes, and since you're an expert in networking and have 57 new opportunities for it, <laughs> <laughs> is that a lot of times we're so busy working, oh, I'm employed, I don't need to be networking, or for sales, trying to get warm leads, or three potential 
colleagues in the pocket, as I call it. You just mm-hmm. you let the ball drop on networking. So we wanted to ask you about some of your new ideas on you know how to make that work and make it a regular thing and make it really high engagement and ROI. Oriented. Yeah. So for managers networking, I, so I have this ebook, 57 Best Places to Network, and you can download it on my website for free. But for Matt, and that's really geared for salespeople. So you can send that out to your teams and, and offer them ideas and places to network. But for managers, it's critical that you're meeting other people who are doing similar things to you or who are a little bit more advanced than where you might be, who you can learn from. And so there are a lot of networking meetings that are or meetings for managers and C-level and executive level people that are disguised as networking meetings. But really, I have found, end up being more like mastermind meetings where you're getting together with a group of 20-something mm-hmm. people and just chatting. I mean, I have a networking group in New York City that everyone is, except maybe one person, is double my age, minimum. Okay. And that is my favorite networking group to be in because everyone has been there, done that to some of the struggles and some of the challenges that I face. And it's amazing because I can give them great sales advice and they can give me great business and life lesson advice. And so the camaraderie there is awesome. And, you know, we meet and it's not like networking where you stand up and say, okay, here's who I need you to introduce me to. More about, here's what I do and here's what's going on this month. And then we all talk about it. So you need to find meetings like that in whatever city you live in. They exist everywhere. And and that's all I found. Sometimes the best networking meetings for managers are disguised as charity fundraisers. That's true. That's true. And so if, if I'm at a networking meeting. This would be odd at a charity fundraiser. But if I'm at a networking meeting and I'm um, then following up with someone, I'm one of the questions I might ask them is, who's the best networker you know? Mm-hmm. A because, super connector. That's right, what I call it. Right. A super mm. connector. Because I want to meet those other super connectors, right? And those are the people I really want to meet. Not, you know, just Joe Schmo. Now, if I'm at a charity yeah. event, talk to everybody. Come on, have drinks, have fun, bid on something, talk to people. Mm -hmm. And that's challenging because what most people do is they talk to the three people they know. That's right. How many times have you been to a charity event and actually made a new friend? You have to be very top of mind about your strategy going into work that room. And you can't be worried about walking up to somebody, two people talking or the little circle and introduce yourself. Yeah. What are people going to do? Turn to you and say, I'm sorry, don't interrupt us. Come on. I'm sorry. Line. This is a private way. It's not high school. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the thing is, is about charity fundraisers is they invite, they don't invite people to charity fundraisers who have no money. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. so the people that you're going to meet there, are, it's like if you're looking at great potential hires because mm-hmm. they're making good money in their current job. So you, know, you may want to have those people in pocket or on your bench. You might meet uh, people who have the same job as you who are great uh, people, resources that when you're struggling in a particular area that you can reach out to them, even if they're in a different industry. And, and again, like, I recommend that people put in their network, people from different industries, because they'll have different perspectives. And candidly, maybe future bosses, you never know. Exactly. And I, I just think that those things are fantastic. To, or you get future to do hires. 
That's future right. Future bosses or future to, hires. Yep. You'll get to do good while doing good for yourself. I just think it's the best of both worlds. There's also events that you have a passion for. And it doesn't have to be a charity event. But for example, Lee, I know that you like to ride your bike. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you have group rides where you yes. meet. Do you meet new people? Do you know everybody? How does that work? I always meet new people and the people I meet are fantastic. And yeah, we're of like mind because like, you know, we're not afraid to go through a little pain to, to achieve our goals. And because, you know, yeah, when you see a cyclist out there on the road, wait, and everything wait, wait. Like that, is achieving the goal, like riding an extra 10 miles so you can have an extra beer. What's the, what's yes, the exactly. He that. does yeah. have his favorite places. They, they all stop. He's got your team, right? Oh yeah. That, we that's want ice right. Cream I, at I, the I, end that, of this or do we want beer? It's either ice cream, pizza or beer. It's one of the three. So, <laughs> but not together. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, know. that'd be disgusting. <laughs> but the neat thing about it is that because it's like we have a shared passion, so we have something in common, mm-hmm. so we can talk about the bikes or events that we've done. But the other thing is it's also a mindset thing. So if it's on the bike or whatever, and we're doing long charity rides or whatever, it's like we're not afraid to actually experience pain to achieve our goals. We know to achieve something really worth having, you have to go through a little pain to be able to get there. And the cool thing is the emotion is there. You're all going through it together, and you can feel that emotion. And so you have that shared sense that then you can talk about and just you automatically know what the other guy or gal has gone through. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of sales managers listening right now that I bet are thinking, oh, well, I already know that. And the thing is, okay, you may already know this, but are you actually doing it? Because there's a huge difference between knowing you can go to an event and talk to people versus actually doing it. And so your Mm -hmm. job as a listener, do your listeners have a name? Ours are diehards. No, <laughs> we need to come up with a name. Yeah, you suggestions. Yeah, uh, email me a strong at salesfuel.com. Yeah, with Spanish smarter, so maybe the smarties or something. I don't know, Ooh, but it's a candy too. <laughs> <laughs> but your people, right, who are listening, need to actually rate themselves. Rate yourself. How well do you do this? Mm-hmm. Because that's the key. Yeah, you have to be transparent about how much time am I really putting in toward this. Everybody Mm -hmm. could be better at it. I I could certainly be better at it. I cop to that. I try to get better every day. And and sometimes the painful part is having the awareness of realizing how imperfect you really are. But as I was sharing with uh, Audrey before we started the show, the cool thing about it is it's like when I stopped – you know, taking it personally and being emotionally hurt by it and realized that it's an opportunity for me to improve my company because, you know, it's tough sometimes to get other people to do things differently than they've done it before or to have the awareness that they're doing, they're not doing things the right way or as well as they should. Yeah. And, but the easiest way to improve your company as a leader is to get better yourself because you touch everybody in the company. And then as a manager, the easiest way to improve your team is to get better yourself. You don't have to rely on somebody else to do it. You don't have to goad them into doing anything. You just do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful part of of all that. Yeah. You know, one of the things I've had a struggle with, and I'll I'll confess this on your show, is talking to strangers everywhere. And my partner, Jeffrey Gittimer, is amazing at it. He'll talk to anybody anywhere. That's kind of like, I do that. He's a big teddy bear, too. People think that he's a hard ass or something (laughs) like that. He's one of the nicest people you actually ever want to meet. When I first came to Charlotte, we were in the grocery store, and he'd be saying hey to people. I'm like, "Hmm, do do you know them? No. Do you know? No. I'm like, why are you saying hi to all these people? And then I realized like, you never know who could be, Mm -hmm. you know, a a next good relationship to, you know, a person to connect with. And then he he would take it further. He would take his shopping cart and almost like as if there was a traffic jam in the supermarket, 
and he'd be going (laughs) 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 like driving the cart into the other person's cart and I'm just like turning bright red (laughs) what is going on and I realized like one of the things he was doing was something he always talks about which is using humor to connect with people yes and it was working right all of a sudden we get in these conversations and so recently we were at a supermarket and a lady starts talking to us and or we started talking to her and she was wearing a football jersey and it wasn't the Eagles. So you could imagine. And she's like, wait, I've been trying to get on your guys podcast. There it is. (laughs) There it is. It's just so crazy. So this world is so small and interconnected. And my advice is to go speak to everyone. And it's super difficult. But tomorrow, or hell, try it to start today. Today, try talking to everyone you come in contact with. And I would say also, wrapping things up, please go to her YouTube channel. It is unbelievably entertaining. I was oh, thank watching you. some of the videos today and just cracking up because you're <laughs> learning, but you're hilarious. <laughs> sales in an NY minute. So, Sales in a New York minute is the name of the channel. Please subscribe to her channel. And then, where are all the other places that we can find you? Well, we host a podcast. Jeffrey and I host a podcast called Sell or Die. You can get it on any anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Just also download Sell or Die. And if you go to my website, Sales in a New York Minute, you can get anything you want. My social, all that. I'm out there. She's out there. So subscribe, rate, and review. And yeah, we'd love to have you come back. We could talk all day. We really could Absolutely. talk all day. Yeah. And, and we have in some we cases. Have, yeah. actually. <laughs> Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.